0: Welcome to the Rise Inside podcast, hosted by Justin Starbird and powered by Rise Robotics. Listen as host Justin talks to experts from the Rise team about topics relating to mechanical engineering, industrial design, commercialization, and
1: innovation. True collaborations work when ideas are integrated at inception to solve significant problems. Rise Inside brings together how the team continues to
0: work with great folks to commercialize ideas. You're listening to the Rise Inside Podcast. Here's your host, Justin Starbird. Welcome back to the Rise Inside Podcast. My name is Justin Starbird. I get to welcome back a good old friend, uh, you know, kind of a little bit of uh, a guy that wears hats in in many places here at Rise Robotics, uh, Kyle Delacuilla, the Chief of Industrial Design by way of a whole bunch of other cool projects. Kyle, welcome back, man. Yeah, it's good to be back. Thank you for having me. Well, it's always good to have, I mean, you and I talk pretty frequently, at least a couple times a week about different topics, but um, never to like, I don't know, talk about
1: you. Ah, I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I keep that, keep that quiet. Yeah, right. You uh, plenty, of, Plenty to talk about. Right. You
0: you uh, jump in, put out fires and do a whole bunch of different things relative to making not just the Rise company, you know, look cool, but also like, you know, project out what Rise could become to, you know, potential collaborators and future partners and you know, even uh, some of the uh, on our website, you know, uh, all the the imagery is is there from your drawings. So, you know, so cool uh, to have you. I can't wait to
1: hear about some of these stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I can uh, shed a little light on how this how this brain works. <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah. I think
0: that's like the million dollar question here. You know, how does uh, how does Kyle's brain you know come up with these ideas? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, let me let me ask you, I you know, I mean, at this point, uh, we're into a couple of series and several episodes of of the Rise Inside podcast. Um, but you know, I and, and not only that, you and I have talked way back at the beginning about about Rise and its foundings and how you came on board, but it's been a little while. So, you know, tell me a little bit about you know who Rise is today um and a little bit about your role.
1: All right. Well. Rise Today, and you know it, mo- it almost morphs every day, but uh, Rise Today is addressing some of the hardest problems in the heavy machinery space. And it, it, it almost feels lonely. It's kind of crazy that we're putting our finger on something that uh, everyone, everyone's been trying to address, but couldn't exactly figure out why. And uh, I would say we have the key ingredient that addresses that problem whereas everyone else is blaming batteries and battery chemistry innovation for why, why haven't heavy, heavy machinery. Why is it not modernized? Why isn't, why has it not made, uh, it into the modern electric world? Well, um, I think our little actuator, this little item here is, is why, why we are so important just to say the least. I don't know. I don't want to inflate our value too much, but it's exciting to be at that forefront. Um, that's what Rise is kind of doing at the moment. Yeah. Uh, long time ago, when, when I joined on, we kind of had our eyes on exosuits, exoskeletons, wearable man amplifiers. And it was a lot wearable of fun. Wearable man amplifiers. That is yeah.
0: one of the best ways I've had that put um, on all these podcasts. But that is oh. exactly what you did before, is like wearable man amplifiers. That's That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I didn't coin that. I saw it in a... Uh, probably an old clipping <clears throat> in a in a magazine advertising some earlier early age, maybe nineteen sixties exoskeleton work by some labs, and they were <clears throat> they they use the phrase man amplifier, and that is exactly how I feel about it. It's kind of <laughs> like an MP three player. It's an audio amplifier for your ears. You know, it it augments the teeny signals for you to enjoy. Why can't our body get the same treatment? And uh, that's kind of how a lot of the the initial you know us, the the group of four co-founders, kind of globbed together at such an uncertain time. We, uh, <laughs> the phrase we were using at the time was "catapult pants," and we have a good laugh. Uh, that is the sensation we're going after. We're not going after some, you know, something that uh, that, you know, not a medical machine where it, it enables somebody who has uh, who has less abilities, but we wanted to. Uh, augment them as well as average people we want to amplify our own muscles you know we're only so strong but boy wouldn't it be great to be a little bit of iron man for a brief moment so that that was kind of the genesis to why we kept sticking together on the same problems over and over again (laughs) is the sensation of amplified motion yeah sure
0: (laughs) well and what you're doing today with your your as you quote little actuator i mean you're Mm -hmm. you're really potentially changing the industry. Uh, How are you doing that in your role as the chief of industrial design?
1: Well, uh, I rely heavily on the engineering team. This is a very heavy engineering subject matter where it's, you know, it's all about moving forces, whether you're going from one domain to the other, whether you start from electricity and you're ending up in mechanical and you might be going back again. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of subtlety in getting that right. So uh, I feel like during this time period where we are in this company i'm i'm making sure that everyone on the outside of this company sees that important issue we're trying to tackle internally and uh it's not for the faint of heart and i you know and i'm doing everything i can to broadcast at least the image the feeling the details the message about this crazy new way of moving things it's it's kind of um kind of a huge undertaking you think it would be done but it's always evolving and the story gets stronger and it's worth broadcasting it louder and louder so kind of you know for the last bit uh, it's it's uh i guess i've been more on the business development uh marketing you know the broadcasting side of things uh but now we're starting to enter a realm where we execute uh what we have agreed to do and so some of my industrial design background will will come into play
0: Sure. Well, you, you know, your, your vision um, is a little bit unique in that you're able to take what the engineers tell you can be done and actually like draw it out. And when I say draw it out, it's not just like, you know, you're actually able to create pictures that uh, help tell that story of what Blake is saying or Tomas is saying or Aaron is saying. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and, I, and that's such a unique quality uh, because in their minds, they know what it looks like. Uh, right. You know, I've seen some of their sketches, not not as pretty, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and uh, you're able to actually do it in a way that it's like to scale. It is capturing a moment. It is showing a, you know, a product or um, a, a machine in action you know, functioning with the rise cylinder, literally inside of it. Um, You know, what allows you to do that? How do you, how do you go about, you know, what is your process for, for putting that on paper and, and, um, you know, really sharing it with the world?
1: Yeah, Uh, that's a, that's a tough one. It's something that I, you know, it's like one of those skills, everyone's got some superpower on them uh, that other people don't uh and like all superpowers it's something that you uh kind of uh you just practice at it uh as much as I don't like practicing it's it's honestly true the more time you spend on something this is a this is almost like a little john cleese quote the, the more time you spend on something the better it is the more novel it is just all around better and uh i i, I perhaps uh maybe because of my parents uh my dad was uh, a little bit of a i guess you could say a computer scientist and my mom, uh, taught art, uh, and, you know, done graphic design. So I guess I kind of grew up in a scenario where there was some technological and there were some fine arts going on. And, uh, the first drawing, as far as like holding a drawing utensil and then trying to depict something, uh, according, according to my parents and, and even to my own memory, I kind of remember, remember this moment, but, uh, we were driving in our black GTI, uh, to Los Angeles to, to see our cousins. And, um, and I, I guess I couldn't get enough of the oil pumps along the way. And that became my first illustration. I just loved those dinosaurs, these big metal things out in the, out in the fog kind of a thing. And, and I drew that, you know, but those little nodding donkey pump jacks. And, and, it, and that was like my, I just kept drawing those for a while. And then after I got over that, then, uh, then, my grandparents kept noticing that I would look at the undersides of cars, which is what kids don't typically do. And always drawing, always drawing, always something with machines. Um, uh, and I guess over time, uh, I've just machines, you know, whether it's like little desk radios or, you know, vacuum tubes, anything that's like mass-produced there are certain things that i just kind of get like glued to and then i'm always drawing it if i couldn't afford it i would at least try to depict it in my own way and yeah that i think things started to really pick up and get serious when i learned 3d modeling um, largely thanks to uh, some interests into video games which i would say that's a little bit of my influence from my dad and uh yeah and then and that whole philosophy of uh, if you can't have it make it that's where it took off on a on a second phase so i got yeah. really deep into 3d modeling and sure uh, yeah just you know, I don't know you get intimate with like proportions i don't know you just you get good at trying to say what you want to say in, yeah. in 2d you
0: <laughs> know do you does that extend outside of work you know what kind of things oh. are are you doing? Yeah. Are are you? I don't want to say an artist. I feel like that's too much of a like plastered uh, name. But are you doing stuff outside of work that maybe isn't related to rise? It isn't related to the machines that you're working on every day.
1: Yeah. Um, in my weird twisted mind, uh, I I kind of uh, go by the philosophy of philosophy of the connected universe. So, like when I when I go home. Uh, and I work on my hobby projects in my weird association about where we are today and where things will go. I feel that everything, as far as my hobby projects go, will somehow integrate into this common timeline. And it may not be today, it may not be next week, but, but, you know, you, you get these little figments of imagination in your head and you kind of obsess over it. And and you can kind of answer to yourself that uh, this will be important someday. And, and I, yeah. and I, and I think that I don't want to say focus, but just that kind of like excitement uh, makes life sp- spicy interesting. And so some of the things I do after work, well, it, it, it ranges pretty broad. Um, yeah, I, I, for a long time, straight out of school, uh, uh, I, I, can't, I have to think about how this idea initially germinated, but I got really interested in footwear, believe it or not. Uh, it's kind of like uh, as far as product design goes that you can wear, the shoe is kind of an interesting thing, where it's a hard good and a soft good, and they have to merge together. And if it's not done properly, they break down. You know, it's kind of like you'll know a, you know, it's kind of like a. You only know when you put a bad, you you only know a bad toothbrush. Uh, you only know a poorly designed toothbrush the moment you put it in your mouth. In the case for shoes, you'll know right away if it's painful or or it's not going to last. It's kind of like a car. You're like you'll keep using it until it gets. you know lousy in some fashion so you know the day i got out of school i was like on the mission to make like the reliable boot i really like boots that go above the ankle i don't know why Uh, don't don't ask me why it's just something that i really enjoyed i thought leather was the way because that's how it's been traditionally done so i learned how to make a good year welt leather boot all proper and uh you know took a lot of time get all the right tools and then and then over time, just by doing it over and over again, not going to the store and buying a shoe, but really trying to just, you know, hone this art, like my shoes wore out, got to make another, right, spend a weekend. And, and, you know, you really amass kind of a collection of those after a while, but every time you make the same thing, you will make an improvement every time. You don't, you're not even thinking about it, but just by the religious habit of doing the same thing over and over again, you, there will be an evolution. So... So I went from fancy leather boot that was made all proper. And now over, I would say like 35 iterations later, uh, now I've entered the realm of elastomer, you know, like a, you know, a, a, kind of like a modern, modern fabrics that are elastic, waterproof, breathable. And I'm using adhesives. I thought I I used to hate adhesives and now I'm totally embracing it. And I, I've grown to, I, my, my, Energy tunnel has focused down this specific path, <laughs> and this is the way I see the future. And like, this is the way clothing will all be made. And uh, um, for a long time out of school, I, I really appreciated it almost tangential, but like in the same line of spirit. I really, really like um, the bio suit from the MIT uh, da- Dava Newman's work. I believe she's the director at the, uh, uh, of the Media Lab now. And one day mm-hmm. I'll talk to her, but, uh, what she was doing in her, in the biosuit project, I, I, uh, it just tickles my fancy. It looks like the future. It must be it. Surely we can't go into the future wearing balloons in space. I like the future. Um, science fiction is my, is my jam. Um, not so much of a fantasy, but I do like the fantasy of the future. I, I, they're very closely related, but that's my, I've been on a bent. I, of a, on a bend about science fiction I think that that may be another underlying thing in a lot of the things that I do on subconsciously
0: <laughs> well and it, and it, what's interesting is you actually do pull a lot of those uh influences into work um and you know how things are are working together and I I know exactly what you mean about the the future is always perfect and so how you paint it you know yeah. and what allows you to get there is what is so interesting so when you're talking to you know partners collaborators you know and and opportunities whether that be about you know uh, your hobbies or or about what's going on at, at rise um the, the way that you're able to and forgive me for being you know punny here but oh, yeah. uh, p- paint the picture uh literally and figuratively is what you know allows everybody to kind of uh, grasp and understand what it is that you're doing. I think it's yeah. so neat that, that you're talking about about shoes and blending stuff because one of the um, there are so many of those elements that you're you're doing in heavy machinery. And so oh, yeah. even though this is an outlet that's you know more more personal. Um, and by the way, I collect uh, you know shoes. My my forte tends to be the Air Force One. Um, yeah you know, one of the, the, the most, um, amazing, uh, you know, shoes yeah, ever right. cre- created. So, yeah. I mean, I, I I'm with you. I, I mean, I, I, I don't have a hankering to build one myself. Um, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that's so, so cool to, to hear what you, what you do outside of work. What, um, what kind of things were you doing before you got to rise?
1: Um, well, uh, <laughs> well, uh, I was working at a uh, a textiles factory uh, in 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 southern Massachusetts in Fall River uh, called Duro Textiles, and they've been around you know for like some seventy or seventy or eighty years. And uh, I wouldn't have gotten that job if it wasn't for my my great friend Matt Cavalero, who who actually was my first uh, first person I truly met in Rhode Island. Like the moment I got off the plane and tried to figure out how to go tour RISD, Rhode Island School of Design, where I went to, uh, he he was there. He was there go, walking into class, and I obviously didn't have a key card. I didn't have a tour set up, but he was there to greet me. Um, long story short, after we both graduated, uh, he became my roommate. He found me this job, in which we both went to go work at this place in Fall River. It was a was an industrial printing and dyeing manufacturer and they did miles of camouflage for the military. Uh, uh the Berry Compliant Law set back in the early George George Bush era days basically made suppliers like this like the the kings of of textiles cuz well all the other textile manufacturers had to go overseas cuz it was just simply more affordable. So it was really wild to be in the in in the <laughs> one of the last uh the one of the last giants of uh of uh, printing and dyeing, you know, in the textiles, the Fall River used to be the most popular place in the United States. It was a major port, uh, textiles, everything. Industrial Revolution, a, a really key part of history that most people uh, totally have no idea. We just drive through Fall River like it's like a a thing in the way of you going to to uh, Portsmouth uh, or you know whatever you name it, Southern Rhode Island. But uh, yeah. Um,
0: I mean, now now it's like the import uh, capital of, the, of uh, the United States for uh, floral things, right? Oh, I mean, <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, there are. There's um, g- giant floral houses that uh, that um, meet the needs of the East Coast in Fall River.
1: Yeah. Oh, I I almost wanted to touch back on like a hobby project that I do on the side that kind of pertains to the future. It's kind of like it's a little in. Uh, how would I describe it? It's kind of interesting because it's from the past. I mean, I I like the history of machines. That my that's like one of my other major themes. For a long time now, I would say since like 2016, 2017, I've been on a real bend about Nikola Tesla. And you know, it, recently it was his it, it was his 166th birthday this last uh, uh July and. Um, yeah, for the last few years, I've, I've just been trying to follow the crazy paper trail along with other pen pals, uh, on, on all of our off times, just trying to try to understand and follow the paper trail of what could be the world's still to this day, the world's greatest electromechanical engineer and, um, really amazing, eloquent writer was talking about the future in such a way where I think to the The casual audience they wouldn't take much note of what he was uh bragging about but um he's talking about some some fundamental stuff we don't have today and yet this is the guy that helped establish a lot of the infrastructure for today and and like the optimism he paints about what's next has not been achieved yet and it feels very uh very exciting so uh so So my abilities, you know, I'm no engineer to like validate some of the things that have not been demonstrated, but, um, some, one of the things that I've been doing with some of my pen pals is illustrating his lectures or letters and then publishing these books. And it's just an interesting, uh, circle of life outside of rise. And, uh, I'll just plug the website. It's electromotiveforestreview.com. And, um, uh, that's all pen work and occasional yeah. 3D models but if you wanted to if you want to see me in action you know page by page that's a great place to 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 go check it out that's where I, that's where my passion really you know i i feel for it i i i read the words and i get excited and i think other people will see the same now that there's pictures cuz if you read it otherwise you, you you'd be like what the hell is this
0: you know <laughs> well it's so going back to what you do on a daily basis yeah. uh how did that vision of rise match up with your vision of not just the future but also in where you saw yourself and where you wanted to participate uh in your career
1: Hmm. I ask myself that every day uh well um you know industrial design that's my that was my degree from uh Rhode Island Rhode Island School of Design which is uh some would say, or actually, I guess it's commonly understood, it's supposed to be like the best school for industrial design. Uh, Industrial design is kind of like, um, it pertains to form and function of mass produced goods. And sometimes you have to pull from, you know, surrounding activities to, to basically help deliver the best possible product to whoever's gonna be using that. And so, you know, a lot of the activities of like, you know, ergonomics, form, marketing, brand development, sustainable, they, they all kind of like touch on, uh, they all kind of touch on this profession that I, that I have, that I am practicing or I'm trying to bring to rise. Cause it's somewhat of a new profession. You know, it's like a little, you know, it's just shy a century in age, you know, it's not like architecture where it's been around for millennia, but um, I've definitely had, have had an appreciation for you know well-designed mass-produced goods it is an art and you know dang well when you see a good car you know some of us really can obsess about a car and you you can see a nice looking car and you can also tell when a nice looking car is not easy to maintain there's this there's this whole uh world of what makes a good product and uh you know a part of that cycle of life of producing a new product uh kind of requires you to have a nice wide angle lens and that's kind of what industrial design as you know as a as I was learning in school is trying to teach the students or or me I'm trying to basically uh see the whole picture like what would make a product's whole feeling be a good experience and so you know like I I think when I think of the future of rise and all these other science fiction things like you kind of have to like really try to like empathize with what that guy in the field is going to use this machine, you know, you know, dang well, what would aggravate your, your common operator, whether he's driving a car or driving an excavator, You, you know, dang well, what would be a satisfying experience if you allow yourself to sit and think and feel what this crazy new machine might be like, you know, you can, you know, you're, you're really trying to manifest things that don't quite exist in the real and uh and i i just find myself in the middle of that cycle of life trying to specify what's satisfying so um yeah yeah so so what makes you of, mo- yeah.
0: what makes you yeah, most ahead. excited about what's next for Rise?
1: oh well um uh when well you know, our our business plan develops every day, but I think I would be really excited if Rise became, I don't want to say we're going to displace anyone's jobs per se, but I, I want to see Rise become like a, a machine builder. Like we've got a new transmission medium. And if I remember correctly, the last time that happened is when uh, Caterpillar showed up many years ago. They were pretty much some of the earliest companies to say, "Hey, you know, this cable-driven stuff on making these shovels move is a little cumbersome." You know, like check out the check out the latest innovations with hydraulics. Let's put it in this machine. Oh, let's paint let's let's paint it yellow. You know, and like next thing you know, it Caterpillar became a titan because they're employing the latest technologies and they stuck around for a good long time. And you know, if I had to fantasize, I think Rise has its on, has on its hands. A very similar analogy and it's not probably not going to be fluid power we don't disrespect hydraulics there's so many good things that you could do with hydraulics but with a new medium it kind of calls for a new way of designing machines i don't know if we'd be able to teach other machine designers how to think like the way we do and for that one reason i know we're going to be designing a lot of the vehicle and i know i'm going to be in there designing that user experience or even the way the hoods are formed on these bodies. And I know dang well that these machines might look a lot more interesting than they do today. Different. We'll just say different. And, you know, and like there's, there's going to be considerations for the way it appears. It's going to invoke some sort of a feeling out of someone. And I want to make sure that it's done right. In other words, done in the way I at least fantasize about where this is all going. And uh, yeah, that, that's going to be neat. Is it, did I, did I answer your question? I yeah. I- that's okay cool that,
0: <laughs> no that that's exactly what we're looking for man i mean it, yeah, the, hell yeah the future the future is really exciting and you know this whole series you're you're the, the first to go it's to talk to get to know you get to know you better get to know uh rise through your eyes um and yeah. now and and to see what's coming man so this is really really great i'm i'm so thankful to have you uh again as a guest and um yeah. i really want to do this again soon sometime
1: yeah, absolutely. Would love to. Yeah. I, I, I love this. Yeah. This is really great. Short and sweet. Um, please invite me over again. <laughs> well, Thank you for right, hosting. Well, yeah. yeah.
0: My, 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 pleasure, man. Well, um, to all of you out, you out there, this has been uh, Justin Starbert and Kyle Delacuilla chief of industrial design for Rise Robotics. Until next time, you've been listening to the Rise Inside podcast. You have been listening to the Rise Inside podcast, presented by Rise Robotics, on behalf of our guest today and host Justin Starbird. Thank you for listening. Please share your feedback on our LinkedIn page, linkedin.com/company/rise-robotics.